Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hand to Hand in the Trenches, a missionary story podcast. I'm Caleb Hickam. And I'm Kimberly Croker. And we are your hosts for this episode of Hand to Hand. Hand to Hand is a ministry outreach of Charity Baptist Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas. And Hand to Hand is a missionary story podcast that tells the true stories of Christians around the world who have hazarded their lives for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Good to have you here with us again today, or tonight, or whenever you are actually listening. Yeah, whenever, whenever, and wherever you're listening, we're thankful to have you with us. Amen. Today, we're actually going to be finishing the story of Baxter Cyclone Mac McClendon. Yeah, this is part number four in the series of Cyclone Mac, so. If you haven't heard parts one, two, or three yet, you need to go back and do that right now. Amen. All right. For those of you that aren't caught up, you will remember that when we stopped last week, Baxter had just started preaching tent revivals all across the state and even across the country. And because most of the Methodists wouldn't let him preach, Baxter usually found himself preaching for Baptist churches, as they appreciated his zeal for the gospel and his bombastic preaching style. Scripture says, and Daniel interpreted the handwriting on the wall. We read today in Daniel 5, 25 through 27, the Bible says, This is the writing that was written, Mene, Mene, Tikel, Upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. I want to preach to you tonight on those who are weighed in the balances and found wanting. Matthew 13 says that all those who do iniquity shall be cast into a furnace of fire. Have you committed iniquity? Do you have iniquity in your life? Are you a sinner? Bible says you are. Bible says you're in danger of hellfire. Oh, friend, you too have been weighed in the balances and been found wanting. Now, it was the 1920s, and these were the days of the great evangelists. People like Billy Sunday, Mordecai Ham, and J. Frank Norris. Baxter, Cyclone Mac McClendon, was becoming a well-known 
and much sought after evangelist in his own right. Honestly, it wasn't uncommon for him to have anywhere from a thousand to five thousand people crowded together under his big circus style tent or in a rented coliseum to hear him preach the gospel. Sometimes, actually often, he would see hundreds of converts during the meetings, which would sometimes last for as much as four weeks. Then he was invited to preach a revival for First Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. As some of you may recall from a previous podcast, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Fort Worth was the great independent Baptist preacher, Dr. J. Frank Norris. Brother McClendon, over here. Dr. Norris, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm, I often listen to you on the radio. I love hearing you tear up those Bible-denying modernists. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Mac. It's a blessing to have you in Fort Worth. Church has been praying for the meeting and promoting it all over town. We anticipate a great revival. Amen. Let us carry your bags there. Come on, brother. The car's waiting. I'll take you to the hotel. Thank you, preacher. By the way, this is my Sunday school teacher, Brother Louis Ensminger. Nice to meet you, Brother Ensminger. Thank you for coming, brother. Now, as you can imagine, Baxter wasn't in Fort Worth for very long before they started talking with him about Baptist doctrine. Great message tonight, Brother McClendon. Praise the Lord. Coffee, brother? Yes, please, whatever you got. Pastor? Yes, thank you. You know, Brother McClendon, I'm surprised that you're still in the Methodist church. Well, my family are Methodists, so... Even so, they'll hardly let you preach. If I'm not mistaken, you spend more time with the Baptists than you do with the Methodists. Yes, that is true. Seems the Baptists are more eager to hold revival meetings. Besides that, as a Bible believer, you must see that baptism in the Bible is by immersion. Yes, the book of Mark says that Jesus came up out of the water. In the book of Acts, Philip and the Ethiopian went down together into the water, and he baptized him. There's no question what mode of baptism was practiced in the New Testament. Of course, I'm sure you can imagine exactly what happened. Baxter McClendon was convicted, and he decided to become a Baptist. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in his image, and raised again in the newness of life. Amen! By the end of the revival in Fort Worth, there had been an astounding 1,101 new members added to First Baptist Church. Baxter continued to travel and preach across the country, preaching to huge, packed-out crowds everywhere he went. And most importantly, he would preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
and the Lord would save souls. Then, one night, when he was scheduled to preach a revival in Clinton, North Carolina, he arrived at the service to find a room full of women. There were no men in attendance. Now, nowadays, that might sound like your average independent Baptist church, but to Baxter, in those days, it was out of the ordinary. What on earth? Where, where are all the men? Preacher, they have all gone to watch the fights. Fights? What, what fights? What do you mean? Well, Brother McClendon, there is this here boxer that has come to town. He has put up posters all over town saying that he cannot be beaten in a boxing match. Is that so? Yes, sir. Why, he even claims on his poster here that he will pay $50 to anyone that can beat him. Oh, I see. And the men are all gone to try to win the $50, huh? Exactly right. I guess we'll just have to have services without the men folk. No, sister, I don't think so. I believe I'll go over there and see it, if any of those men can be persuaded to come to the service. So Baxter marched downtown to the boxing match. Did, what, did what, you see what, the priest? What's going on? Probably just whooped. What in the world? Men, listen up. I understand this here champion has been taking challengers all morning and remains undefeated. Is that so? Yes, it is. There ain't a man in this town that can whoop me. What of it? Well, men, I aim to try my hand in this boxing ring. You all want a show? Okay. You want a show rather than the preaching of the gospel? Fine. I'll do my best to give you a good one. But if I whip him, I hope you men will come to the service over at the tabernacle tonight. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. So, Baxter got ready to fight and got into the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, the champ. And in this corner, Cyclone All right, boys, I want a good, clean fight. Naturally. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this over with. <laughs> All right, All right man. man. Go to your, Go to your corner. corner. When the bell, bell rings, ring. come, come out, out fighting. fighting. Oh, wow. That preacher's doing pretty good. Yeah, he is. I wasn't expecting that. I reckon that preacher's been in a few fights in his life. Huh, I'd say so. I think that's the... Oh, oh, oh. wow. That was a hard punch. One, two, three, four. Oh, he's getting up. I thought it was over for a minute there. What were you saying? I was just saying, that's the kind of preacher I wouldn't mind listening to. Yeah, even if he loses, I think I'll... Oh. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Winner is well, I'll take the $50 in cash, please. And I expect to see all of you at that service tonight now. Woo! 
Wow. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think so. Well, I actually think the next story is also a pretty cool story, too, though. Okay, go ahead. Do you remember the old preacher Jimmy Little? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, from part two? Yep. Yeah, in part two, when Baxter was still living as a drunk and a gambler in Largo, Florida. That's right. And Brother Jimmy Little came to town and started preaching against the evils of alcohol. Yes, I remember. And uh, I remember that a drunken mob attacked him, but even though he was still lost, Baxter came to his rescue. I will kill the first man that lays a hand on this old preacher. He's the only decent man I've seen since I've been in this here town. Mac, why are you defending this old son of a gun? Why, you drink as much as any of us. That may be true, but that don't mean that this old man ain't telling the truth. Now stay back or I'll put a hole in you. Preacher, get, get up there in your buggy. I'll ride protection with you and you preach all you want. Well, all these years later, Brother Jimmy Little heard that Baxter McClendon was preaching a revival in Sanford, North Carolina. So he traveled there to hear him. After the music was over and just as Baxter was getting ready to preach, an old man stood up. Folks, I want to take a minute to testify of God's power to save souls. My name is Jimmy Little, and I preacher myself. Many years ago, I was preaching against the evils of alcohol in Largo, Florida, when I was attacked by a gang of drunkards. I was sure that it was my time. I was sure that I was going to be beaten to death when all of a sudden, here came Baxter McClendon. He was a lost man, but he pulled me out. That big old forty-five caliber revolver and ordered all those men to leave me alone. He saved my life. Then he stayed with me all day and protected me while I preached in front of every bar in town. I prayed for him and praised the Lord. He has been saved now. He too is a preacher of the gospel. I traveled 150 miles today to see the man that saved my life. Wow, that is pretty great. Yeah, it just goes to show that you never know how the Lord will use you if you're willing. That's true. Amen to that. Well, by the 1920s, Baxter was busy preaching all across the country, and in those days when the modern preachers were busy denying the virgin birth and embracing evolution, Mac preached hard against them. Before I preached... I want Brother Smith and his family to come sing for us.
want to preach to you tonight from Psalm 51, verse 7. The Bible says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. I want to preach tonight on the Savior that can wash away the stain of sin. His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible deniers don't understand that, but that's because they never met him. The Bible says he was God Almighty, creator of the universe. These modernists say there was no creator, but I know him personally. The Bible says he died on the cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Only his blood can make the vilest clean. Turn to Christ today. Trust him, and he will save your soul. Now, I personally would say that Baxter was probably known for preaching with a capital P. (laughs) Yes, yes, he was. He would often preach so hard and so much without rest that he would make himself sick. His wife helped him the best that she could. Baxter, honey, please rest. You look terrible and you're going to go to heaven before your time. Please think of me and the children. I have to preach in Kannapolis tomorrow, but next week I'll take a little time off. I'd like to relax and do a little fox hunting anyway. All right, but please be careful. You know I'll be praying for you every night. Yes, darling, I know. That's just it. I don't think I would be much of a preacher if you were not praying for me every night. Baxter would often get letters from people telling him how his preaching had helped them. One lady from Virginia wrote to him, after hearing him preach during a revival. My dear Brother McClendon, I wanted to send you a quick note to let you know what a difference your preaching has made in my life. For quite some time, I have been confused and uncertain in my Christian beliefs. The debate raging between the fundamentalist preachers who say we should trust the Bible and the modernists who say the Bible is full of errors has left me overwhelmed with uncertainty, but not anymore. During your sermon, I have come to realize that I am holding the perfect word of God in my lap. Oh, the relief and comfort that comes with that simple knowledge. Anyway, I could not refrain from extending my thanks and appreciation. God bless, Sister Bracken. In yet another letter, this one from the chief of police in a town in Oklahoma, the chief wrote this to Baxter. Dear Brother McClendon, I recently had the opportunity to attend your revival meetings in Haldenville, Oklahoma. I must say that I was much impressed with the service, but even more so with the results. I have been told by the local sheriffs and seen with my own eyes how drastically the crime has gone down in that city as a result of the many conversions during your preaching. Therefore, I am writing to you with a special request. Sir, please come to this city and hold a revival. Our crime is out of control, and I believe that you will do more good in a week's time than my entire police force can accomplish in one year. Signed, Chief William Deacon. All right. Well, Kim, we have time for one more story before we have to finish up on the life of Cyclone Mac. Okay. I give this one to you. You get the pick. Which story? All right. One day, as Baxter was driving his buggy through town, he saw one of his old friends. I mean, one of his old friends from his life of crime before his salvation. 
The man had also been a bootlegger, a person who made and sold illegal whiskey. But he had been convicted and had skipped bail and left the state. But while living in Mississippi, he had become sick with tuberculosis. And now, all these years later, he had come home to die. His face was pale and waxy. His eyes were sunken in, and his shoulders were stooped. He was weak, and his legs barely moved. But Baxter stopped his buggy and jumped down to greet his old partner in crime. Whoa there, whoa! Why, hello there, old pal. Hello, Mac. <coughs> it's so good to see you. I've heard a lot about you. How you are a preacher now and all. It's true. The Lord saved my soul. Huh. <laughs> I've been curious to know why you of all <coughs> people has gone up and, and got religion. <coughs> I, I haven't got religion. I got born again. The Lord Jesus Christ saved my soul and changed my life. I see blood on your handkerchief from where you're coughing. I predict that you are either in heaven or in hell before Christmas. It's true, Mac. <coughs> I've drawn the ace of spades, the death card. <coughs> it's only a matter of time for me. I'm your friend. You know I proved it to you in the old days that I was honest with my friends. It's because I am your friend that I'm telling you now. Hell is worse than any jail. If you don't accept the free gift of salvation, you will spend eternity in hellfire. I am your friend. I'm telling you the truth. Christianity is real. Jesus died a cruel death to keep you out of hell. Jesus was buried, and he didn't stay dead. He rose again the third day. He could save you if you'll only ask him. I, <coughs> I, I will. Oh, Lord Jesus, I believe you died, <coughs> and that you were buried, and that you rose again. <coughs> I have been so wicked. But you are perfect. <clears throat> Please save me. Amen. Amen. Wow. I feel clean. Can <coughs> Mac, can I get baptized? Absolutely. Let's go find us some water. It wasn't long after that that while Baxter was away preaching, that the old-timer lay only moments away from death. The clock is striking five. Before the clock <coughs> strikes six, I know I will be standing before my Lord. <coughs> Telegraph Mac and ask him to come <coughs> and preach my funeral. I've never cared nothing about the Bible, <coughs> and even less about church. I didn't fear God <coughs> any more than I feared men. I always looked on all Christians as, as, as hypocrites. <coughs> if Mac hadn't been true blue in the old days, <coughs> I wouldn't have listened to him, and I would still feel the same way I did before. <coughs> Not now. 
Now I know God is real. I know Jesus is real. And I know he saved me. <coughs> Tell Mac that I said goodbye. Tell him <coughs> it's because he was always a true friend to me that, <coughs> that I got saved before I die. Tell him, <coughs> tell him I'll see him in glory. And that is where we'll be ending our story for today. We hope you enjoyed it, and most of all, we pray that it was a blessing to you. Now, remember, we will be releasing a special bonus episode for our new listeners. Maybe you just came on this season. Every, uh, every time we finish up a story, we do a special bonus episode where Kim and I will discuss the lessons that we learned from it. And uh, so we'll be releasing that here in a couple of days, probably about maybe Tuesday uh, or Wednesday at the latest. So just watch for that. And uh, also feel free to, if you follow us on Facebook at Hand to Hand Ministries, first of all, if you don't follow us on Facebook, you should be doing that. Feel free to at any time. Hand to Hand Ministries. But also, if you want to go on there and comment some on uh, maybe what you uh, what you took away from the story, we would enjoy reading that. I would. That would be a blessing. Yeah. So feel free to do that if you want to. If your children have a thought, something that they learned from it, we'd like to hear that too. That would be really fun. But uh, anyway, so just remember, special bonus episode here in a few days. And in the meantime... We'll leave you with a scripture as we always do. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not.